Welcome to Dreams X Trash. Hey, I'm Oscar, co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living and working in Japan with dreams of being more than an unknown writer. And I'm Jason, fellow co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living in Japan and tech and art enthusiast. And Jason, what do we do here? Well, Dreams X Trash is a podcast hosted by us, two Kenyans living in Japan. We have lived in Japan for a combined period of six years, six years, and English Jesus. teachers. Jesus is right. The conversations are a parasocial look at Japanese, Kenyan culture, society, history, philosophy, and a lot of bullshit that swirls around in our lives. I agree with that. And these conversations are a journey of us attempting to make sense of our lives, the world around us, and us trying to make something of what little knowledge we have. And we do have very little knowledge. And that journey starts right now. Hello, hello, Jason. Another week, another podcast. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting major deja vu right now. I'm doing good. <laughs> I am doing well. Yeah. Uh, just getting used to the routine in the apartment mm-hmm. and going through the usual things, the relationship, but everything's good. And mm-hmm. job hunting is my primary focus at the moment. Mm-hmm. I am not teaching English anymore, and I never yep, want to yep. teach English anymore. So mm-hmm. I am focusing on improving my Japanese so I can okay. get a job in the tech industry in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's is, wonderful. That's wonderful. What's happening in your life, Oscar? My life has been pretty interesting. I took up a new, I won't call it an ideology, but I don't, I don't know if it's an ideology. Anyway, we'll discuss that later on in the podcast. And other, other than that, my family is doing well. My daughter and I got sick. She got a cold, oh, then no. I got a cold, mm. but my wife never gets colds. So it's just me and my daughter who've been sick for the past week. Mm-mm. But, then, but we're getting better. We're getting better. She got her medication. I'm too much of a man to take medicine, Jason. You know me. <laughs> yeah, you know that's you know that's the thing. Yeah. Whenever Meg even remotely feels sick, Meg yeah. is my partner. For people who don't yeah. know, whenever my partner feels remotely sick, she always wants medicine. Yeah. And I'm like you. I don't want medicine. I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to touch it. It's like you know, my body. It's... Our bodies were made to defend themselves. As a grown adult, is... you can perfectly fight off a cold on your own. The thing is, like, if it's a cold, it does make sense. But I, I have seen cases whereby people, especially men, don't want to take medication because I don't, know, I don't know why, and it affects them terribly. You know, like. I have time. I've had times in the past. I've been really sick, and I didn't want to take medicine for whatever stupid reason. And if I just took the medication, I've gotten better. But I was like, nope, nope, I'm not taking it. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's fine because your immune system—it's there for a reason. They don't protect you. The medicine, yeah, yeah. like streamlines and fast forwards the whole entire process, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sim- I'm the same. I I think I only take medicine. If I know I need to get well really soon, like I need to, like I'm going to work soon, you know, I'm going to work in the next one or two days. I need to be hundred percent. So the only time when I rush taking medication is when it's a stomach ache. 
Oh yeah. Jason, uh, yeah. I don't fuck around. Okay, 100 yen. I don't fuck around with stomach aches. Because yeah. can you imagine like being on a train, on a one hour train ride, and you get the runs, Jason? Can you imagine? <laughs> No, 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 no. I've had one stomach kick, like a good, like a really bad stomach kick in Japan. I'm like, no, no, no. I was lucky because that was at the end of the week. So it was leading into the weekend. I, could, I, I can't imagine doing that in, during the weekdays when you're working. It must just be terrible. When I was living in Saga, there was... There was I used to go running, like I used to go running regularly. And for whatever reason, whenever I would go running, I would feel like taking a dump, right? The there was this one, yeah, yeah. There was this one morning I was running, I went for like I think it was a 5k or something. On the way back, bro, I couldn't hold it in. I couldn't it was it was like coming out, you know? Like the gates were opening, Jason. <laughs> you know, I had to stop <laughs> running <laughs> and I called Yumiko, Yumiko, please come and pick me up. I think I'm gonna shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> And I just had to sit down by the road because I thought if I move, I might actually shit myself. <laughs> I, Yumiko, you know, just picking up your partner, uh, like, that must have been the funniest shit ever, honestly. Oh, man, it was hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, that, I don't know. I think being in Japan, we touched on this before. In a <laughs> clip that no one will ever see again, <laughs> uh, we definitely do get more sick in Japan. Back at home, I like you, like you said, I really, I really got sick. It was, it was mostly stomach aches. But here in Japan, it's the weather, it's man. Cold. Yeah, I think it really cold. is the weather. That whole it's, shifting it's the weather. weather. And also, you're not getting enough vitamin D here in Japan. There's no way you're getting enough vitamin D. Like you moved so far north of the equator, man. Like think, think of the, how much sunlight you're getting in, in Kenya. Oh yeah, sunlight was everywhere. Yeah, like here we have the winter. You know, we have like, like look at right now. Like by five p.m. it's dark. It's dark out. You know. I think it's by four, four thirty. There was one day yeah. it was dark by four thirty. Yeah, can like, you believe that? What? Can you believe that? It was because it was raining. Yes, it was cloudy. So the clouds just made everything seem. Four or five. Yeah, so like is this is something I found out recently on a podcast that, and this this is a it's a podcast by scientists, not not just Joe Rogan talking. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you mean by that, Oscar? What what are you trying to insinuate? No, 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 I mean I'm, I'm trying to validate the podcast I was listening to just to make a point that hey, it wasn't a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. It's someone who's actually done research on this. You know, he's part and of the, the field. Okay, fair yes, and he was saying that people with darker skin. When they when they move farther north of the equator, they their the vitamin D synthesis in their body is reduced. That means they are, they have lower levels of vitamin D, right? And that's why the the argument was made in America, whereby why is COVID affecting the African Americans more than everyone else? It's because of their dark skin. Because what they found is that people, most of the people who have been hospitalized from COVID nineteen, have low levels of vitamin D. And it's, that's all. Ah, uh, no way. Yeah, no yeah, way. yeah. Because like I, I kept hearing last year. No, I haven't had much of it this year. But last year I kept hearing that the the black community is being affected terribly by COVID nineteen, and I didn't know why until I listened to this podcast. You definitely, yeah. we definitely know there's uh, social economic factors to that. Mm. 
of course, I mean, it's not just one thing. It's a combination of factors. It's, it's very easy for the rich, middle-class people to go like, Oh, you need to isolate, self-isolate yourself. Cool. <laughs> yeah. The lower class, they can't do that, right? Yep. yep Lots of yep. them are living in houses full of families. Five, six people. Try self-isolation though. Good luck with that. <laughs> Lock yourself in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, in a house that probably has only like three rooms, right? So, and that, there's a, actually an interesting revelation I learned like a few weeks ago. Yep. So, my partner was working in a clinic part-time mm-hmm. in her previous job. Mm-hmm. And she had the opportunity to do a small test on her. And the test is, it's a COVID test and it tests mm-hmm. for antibodies, right? If you have a okay, certain okay. amount of antibodies in your body. It shows you must have had COVID in the past. Yes. At some point in time, huh? And she tested positive. Okay, so she okay. did have COVID one time in the past. Mm. But she showed no symptoms. Mm. And I was just like, if she had COVID at some point in the past, then yeah, I definitely... No, I, I'm pretty sure I definitely had COVID at some point in the past too. Yeah, yeah. We were spending a lot of time with each other. Mm. I have no doubt yeah, in my that, mind, like, whatever point she had it in the past, I might have had it too. You know, it's funny when COVID first began, when the pandemic first started, I was listening to a podcast on Joe Rogan. He had this virologist on, and the virologist was suggesting that by the end of the year, by the end of 2020, 75% of the world's population will have been infected at least once. I think I saw a number of 80%, 80 to 80%. Yeah, and so, and it makes me think, yeah, if there are people who show no, who are asymptomatic, then is it not possible that? most of the people who don't get tested are just in that fall into that group i think i fell into that group yeah so i because how lucky am i that i've been i live in osaka where people, people have been getting covid so much like we've been numbers three numbers of two thousand per day three thousand per day for the, not, not recently but for a couple of months and it's like i've never gotten COVID once remember how this lucky is am I? remember this is the disease that was highly contagious the most contagious yeah. disease everyone's seen in a while right yeah so we're not lucky. I'm pretty sure Oscar, me and you have definitely contacted it, contracted it at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's just that we're yeah, lucky yeah, not to have a young, so asymptomatic, like you said. Maybe, maybe I should get that antibody test myself. You should do it. You should definitely yeah. do it. I don't need to do it. I am like 90% sure she's like, I've had it mm. at this point. That one, someone that close to me had it in the past. I've had it. I don't need to mm. The chances are just way too high for me when I look at it when you just do the math. Anyway, besides that, let's just go through the housekeeping and gratitude of the week. So housekeeping, we have our one year anniversary episode coming up. It's gonna be a big surprise for you listeners. It's gonna be a wonderful, wonderful episode. We will go hard, Jason. We'll go very, very hard. Hard <laughs> as a mother. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wonderful pitch. So users, I mean viewers, just look out for that or ding it into something. And gratitude of the week. Gratitude of the week. Kalo in Saga, you know yourself, you know who you are. Thank you so much for the wonderful message you sent to me a few episodes back. That really encouraged me. It really motivated me to keep doing what we're doing. And we will keep pushing hard. We'll keep making this better. And hopefully with time, we will be the biggest podcast in the world. Nice, 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 nice. That's the kind of shit I love to hear. And with yep. that, thank you, Kalo. Let's jump right into the trending topic. Trending topics. So, Oscar, I've heard of this subculture on YouTube called 
mukbang. I have heard of it. I have never watched it. That's not true. I just showed it to you. I mean, you, I mean, before you showed it to me, I'd never seen it before. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I just I mean, showed it. I'd, I'd seen like clips here and there, like on YouTubers talking about it, but I never actually went and watched the videos themselves. So, a mukbang is a very interesting thing to me because, to be frank with you, I don't really get it. Mm. ASMR. Oh. Wait, wait. So first, what is mukbang? Please describe to the people who don't know. So mukbang. It comes from the Korean words to witness, food mm. and to witness or to watch. No, no, no. It's food. Mm. It's eating. The mukbang, one of the words is to eat and the other one is to broadcast. Okay. To broadcast. So quite mm. literally eating broadcast or broadcast mm. eating show, something like that, mm. right? And I think it became popular amongst... I, I remember the initial craze initial wave because this happened when i was still in kenya and mukbang was just thin people good looking thin people eating large quantities of food and a lot of them were koreans in the beginning but as you can see the culture has blown up and there's lots of people all over the world who do oh, mukbang but actually actually that has been a thing in japan as well if you just watch normal yeah. japanese tv it's many like celebrities who just eat food like they they're only famous because they come to TV, on tv to eat large quantities of food yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure the japanese definitely adopted from the koreans uh-huh, uh-huh. so the a- asian countries were doing it first right i mean, it was uh-huh. very much good looking thin people doing it right uh-huh. and then somewhere along the way you know when the west started doing it the west obviously they like doing their own spin on things it got the uh-huh. antics in the food eating got crazier and crazier mm. and now it's no longer just eating large country of foods it's like eating weird combinations of food everyone's doing crazy things like 10,000 calorie challenges and everything mm. like that so th- mm. it's like everyone is trying to one-up each other and how crazy mm-hmm. of a mukbang content how crazy mukbang how crazy of a mukbang content can you make right and it's created amazing I, I want to say amazingly unique characters such as Nicola Avocado. It's one of, he's one of the biggest Mukbang YouTubers, or at least I would like to say one of the most famous ones for sure. Okay. Mm. And with that, like I was gonna say, I don't understand it. I really don't. Well, you've shown me that one video of you've said Nicola Avocado, Nico Avocado. Nicola, I I, I forget his first name. But okay, so Nick. Whatever he's doing. Nick. Nick Avocado. Yeah. Okay, so you showed me you showed me his video, and when I saw his video, the first thing I thought is number one, the food looks delicious. Number two, I wish I could do that without fear of the consequences. Now the thing is, mm. I do enjoy you know downing some McDonald's every now and then, mm. but the thing with me personally is that whenever I do that, I hate myself for it. I feel like I have to make up for this. So it's like if I eat McDonald's today, I'm gonna work out harder tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I just can't eat and enjoy because if I eat, I'm going to like I'm going to start condemning. You know, condemning myself. What's wrong with you? How can you do this to yourself? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When I watch someone eating large quantities of delicious-looking food without fear of consequences, I envy them and also hate them at the same time. <laughs> I envy that they can do that without fear of consequence. Okay. And I hate them because how dare they do that, you know? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's an interesting... Uh, that's an interesting view on it. 
So I want to compare it to ASMR for a second because I get ASMR. There's actually some channels or some shows that I've seen from ASMR people that are quite satisfying and they're very good to the ear. I don't usually listen to it. I still do think it's a little bit out there for me personally, but I get why other people listen to it, right? And then now it's like comparing that with mukbang i just see it as like why are you watching somebody eat lots of food for 30 minutes because these videos aren't short short videos right these are like 30 minute one hour videos of people just eating large quantities of food but think about this jason i think it's one of those things they call uh what are those what are they hyper stimuli you know it's like to survive you need I mean, as as a species, we need food, we need we need shelter, we need sex, right? Mm. That's why porn is so big. Because why are you watching porn for one hour? You know, mm -hmm. the same thing. I will. It's the same with food. I think it's tapping into that primal part of me. It's like, wow, I can do that. That looks amazing. He's doing it. He's doing it. It's like it's. I think it's. It taps into the same thing into the same part of your brain that porn taps into. I guess porn has the added advantage in quotes of masturbation also being a, a thing like combining porn and masturbation makes it a hyper hyper stimuli you know a super hyper stimuli yeah 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 but mukbang on its own is just a hyper stimuli whereby you're watching people do all this thing that you you know most people just not everyone but i i would believe most people will just want to sit down and just devour food mm -hmm. i mean look at our culture every, like food is everywhere man like it's food and sex. That's what this world, you know, that's what global marketing, that's what empires are building. Food, food and sex. sex, power. Yes. Yeah, it's not even money. It's like I want money so I can have sex and eat whatever the fuck I want to eat. And yeah. Money is just a tool to get the food, yes. sex, and power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It ultimately is just food, sex, power. That's it. Yeah. Funny yeah. enough, you bring that up. Alan Watts had a, had a funny, he had a, a talk on this. I think it was one of the subtopics within our talk and he talks about food sex power and he says he replaced it with music poetry and literature okay okay as a sort of antidote to these he called it the runaway elements of our society the Here's things the, thing. the things I, that I, people have taken to the extreme he he doesn't that. he doesn't say it's bad yeah. But he says for people who want, who want to be, who want to find a way to express themselves and counteract the more negative elements of a society, he said music, literature, and poetry, and that's just you know his. I do. His, I do understand what he's trying to say. I don't understand what he's trying to say, but here's the thing: there's no way. I enjoy poetry. I enjoy literature. I enjoy music, but there's no way the stimulation I get from porn and eating can ever compare to, to poetry and literature like writing a poem or reading a, a book it does not compare to what i feel when i watch porn you know it's, it's totally different there's no way a poem a piece of poetry will ever compare to a mcdonald's meal you know isn't that because of the person you are though i don't think so i don't think so i think this is the same for everyone i don't think a piece of music will ever touch you the way a nice mcdonald's hamburger will touch you I don't There's know. No okay, I, sex, sex is very unique. There's nothing else like sex. 
yeah. but when it comes to food like leaving out the element of survival out of that yeah. right we're talking yeah. about pure like eating eating as a how what would i say yes. gluttonous eating gluttonous eating gluttonous eating eating as a culture right eating good mm-hmm. food as a culture as a way of you're no longer just eating to survive you're eating to live you're living through your eating right okay okay that sort of lifestyle right mm-hmm. i feel like music can compare to that though here's here's the thing jason do you think it's possible to get addicted to music oh yeah Oh yeah, I think the people who are musicians and DJs and stuff like that, no, they, they definitely have to get addicted to music. But the, the great do ones think, were addicted do you to think, music. Do you think they will suffer from withdrawal symptoms if they didn't listen to music? Um, I wouldn't call them withdrawal symptoms, but they would have problems. But do you, okay, do you think it's possible to get chemically addicted to food? But you can get chemically addicted to anything. Yeah, I mean, but can you get a chemical get to music? I don't know about music, but you can get. Yeah. You know about like psychology of addiction, yeah. right? You can get addicted yes, to almost anything now. That's that's the point I'm making. That's why food. You can't compare food to music. Food. So I mean, you can't compare music to food. There's no way that's music can replace food or literature. You know, it's like there's just no way. There's just no way. You can I'm... try to use it as an antidote. You know, it's like, but it won't cure you. It won't cure you. Maybe not replacement, but as a substitute. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I think that's what he meant, you know? Because, again, he never really said, like, power, money, sex, bad, bad, bad. He wasn't saying anything like that. He was just saying, like, there's other aspects of life that you might want to look at if you're trying to get away from these elements that are sending people down horrible roads. We all know what people will do for sex, money, and power. Man, sorry, with Nico foods. Avocado, yeah, with Nico Avocado, we've seen how like the transition from a skinny guy to a 350 pound man. He was a vegan when he started out. That's, now that's look at him. Yeah, it's not a beautiful thing to see. But it's you know think about this, Jason. In that video you've shown me, he actually said he was joking at some point. I want to reach 300. I can't wait to reach 300. It's like <laughs> he's sitting in his in his apartment saying, "I love watching poor people." You know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> But here's the thing, the, the only reason some I feel like someone would say something like that is because in himself, he feels so terrible about himself that the only way to justify his being is to make a is joke to hate about on other people. Yes. To, no, no, to, to hate on other people. It's like I might look and feel terrible, but at least I have money and you don't. That's true. That's true. I agree with yeah. that. But also I I feel like some part of him knows that he has to make a joke of all of this. Because if you don't yes, make a yes. joke out of you all cry. of this... You cry. Yeah. You cry. So you make it into a comedy. If it's not a comedy, then suddenly it's a tragic drama. Right? Yeah. So he's just making a joke. He makes a joke about himself all the time. He makes a joke about his husbands. He makes a joke of all the poor people around him, you know? You know, I think this is a beautiful transition into the, the, the main theme of the topic of the podcast today. Right. And the main theme of the podcast today is honesty. Honesty. We've talked about honesty before. We talked about lying, and the episode title was called Bad Breath. Mm-hmm. And so, but last week, uh, I, I last week or two weeks ago, I got a book, and the book is called Radical Honesty, How to Transform Your Life by Telling the Truth. And the writer of the book is a man called Brad Blanton. And Jason, I'm going to start by saying, 
no other book has ever gotten to me the way this book got to me it's like after reading this book i feel like i don't want to read any other book ever again it's like i'm done reading now i've finished you know okay of course i'm reading i, I am reading another book i'm of course i'm reading still but like this book was so powerful emotionally like the way it, it's it spoke to me so in such a powerful way that i feel like other books can't say enough you know there's nothing else they can tell me of course i'm i'm i can possibly terribly wrong about that they're saying the amount of revelation yes and so many revelations in this book that has that it has given it has brought a light to your life that was previously not existing no so here's the thing jason i think i've mentioned the lies i've told like see my childhood like the small lies i've told as a kid the small lies the big lies and i think for most of my life if i'm to look at my own person i will say i have been a liar you know and it's like it's funny even prior to reading this book i always felt like i'm a liar you know mm. and of course the small lies you say to, pro- to pro- protect yourself you know mm. like for instance uh what's a small lie a white lie you will say i am like, not i am what i am definitely going to clean my room today I'm definitely going yes. to clean that part. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that one thing in the house that I've been procrastinating on. Yes, or like your your spouse, your significant your significant other asking, "What do you think of this dress?" And you're like, "Yeah, it looks good." Even though you want to really pay attention, you don't even care. You don't really care the way, you know? Those is that small white lie? Is that a white lie? That's that's a white lie because you're not being honest. The truth is you're not paying attention. You really like what's good? What's good? Okay, 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 fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like those small white lies, like those things make up my life, you know. I just make small white lies because number one, I'm not being a- attentive to to my to my surroundings, mm. right? Mm. But also, I made I make other lies to protect myself. Like uh, my wife will ask me, "Why didn't she do that thing today?" Oh, you know, I had to leave work early, even though that wasn't true. I just either forgot or I didn't want to do it, you know. And then there are the really big lies, you know, you say like for instance maybe oh I didn't have sex with that woman, you know. Or, I didn't steal your money. <laughs> That's such kind of things. Or it's time for work. Oh no, I'm sick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just to get exactly. a day off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and like so there's one there's one uh, thing I discovered in this book. It, it's something that's apparently it's from Hinduism. And the quote from Hinduism from the Hindu scriptures translated into English goes like this If you speak the truth long enough your word becomes universal law And that's apparently from the Hindu texts from the Sanskrit texts So and <laughs> if you get good at speaking the truth after a while you're literally just speak you're spitting facts you're just you're just speaking reality you know Yeah and what does it what what does it mean to tell the truth so when i when i bought this book i was thinking telling the radical honesty means just saying what you've done what you intend to do honestly right but he says no that's not it that's not enough that's just the beginning you know <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's just step one is just saying saying what you've done that's just step one step two is what step two step two is saying the truth about everything you feel and think at any given moment basically what he's suggesting is you have to be a child you have to be a child you see how like you've had kids in class right you've got kids and maybe you've come to class you it was the summer you're sweating a bit 
and you come to class and the kids when they see you they just say tell you jason you stink <laughs> right <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> i've definitely gotten that one yeah it, like an adult will tell you that I don't try to be diplomatic like oh man like uh, hey it's, it's really hot today you've been sweating a lot right like yeah you've been sweating a lot you should get some deodorant yeah. you know something yes. like that yes I keep just say straight up you stink right mm. and this one this this author is trying to say you have to be like a child that's what it means to be honest say everything be brutally honest it's, it's okay to hurt someone's feelings they'll only be hurt for a short while but on the long run, in the long run it's good for them Ah, uh, that's that's not gonna work well in the culture we're in now. Oh, we're definitely but... we're definitely in the deep feelings culture. I'm all up in my feelings type thing, you know. I don't but think now you and I have necessarily been brought up like this because I think back in the day it was just normal to just say what you want, right? It was at least it was more normal than now. Um, back. Back when we were kids and even in teenagers, no one really cared if your feelings were hurt. <laughs> people would just yeah, say stuff sometimes. Obviously, people wouldn't take it too far. Wouldn't you say that the, the world we live in right now is a consequence of us being too concerned about people's feelings? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So I think it's because at some point in time, we decided your feelings, people's feelings are more important than the truth. And this is what you see online too. Yes. And I feel it's like, like I... It, when when people aren't doing these massive memeable jokes, mm. that they're, they're trying to do that moral posturing and yes, be like, yes, I, oh, you know, I'm in my safe space. Don't trigger me. If you trigger me, my healings, my feelings will be hurt, and then we'll cancel you. You know. Yeah. And so I've I've been trying to practice this. So number one, I wanted to like say the truth to everyone. So I started with my wife. I went and. I was became brutally honest with my wife. Everything I've done in the past, I had revealed all those things to her. And Jason, let me tell you, you think you know fear, you know, like try revealing all your secrets to your significant other and tell me. I can't do that. Can I do that? <laughs> no, bro, like well, as I was saying these things, I was about to take a dump on myself. I was about to shit myself. <laughs> I think I can do it. Well, no, actually, I have done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. continue your story while I'm thinking about yeah, it. So, like, I told her these things not knowing what will happen, right? Mm. What her response will be. But I was surprised at how her response was. I mean, her response was typical in the beginning. You know, anger, sadness, frustration, resentments. But then I, I thought of something, something actually I learned in AA. In AA, step in step in the step five of the 12-step program, you have to reveal all your resentments about all the things that happened in your life to someone, right? Mm. So I took that step five and I told my wife, hey, I think I've realized that you and I, when we fight, we tend to bring up things from the past instead of fighting about what's happening right now, mm -hmm. right? Mm. So why don't we do this? Let's each take 20 to 30 minutes whereby the other person is silent and the person speaking reveals all the resentments they have. Mm. And we did that. So she got... 30 minutes, or actually it was 20 minutes. She got 20 minutes to reveal all her resentments. I got 20 minutes to reveal all my resentments. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have, like, the, the, the idea was here. You Like, if she's telling me everything she she's resentful of, I can't break it and say, but that's not it. That's not what happened. I have to keep quiet and take it, you know? Because that's a, that's a reality. That's what yes. she experienced during whatever yes. events you guys went through. 
Exactly. And you can't I'm, deny somebody that reality. Exactly. And when I'm talking about my resentment, she can't step in. She has to keep quiet and take it. But then we went a step further, whereby we say, okay, so now I've revealed all this thing we we're angry about. Let's take another 20 minutes to reveal everything we appreciate about each other. Let's do that too. And now it's 20 minutes of just listening to someone tell you everything they appreciate about you. And you know, the funny thing is like, it's like listening to someone's resentment, it takes you to a really deep low, right? Yeah. And a really deep, a really dark emotional place. But then after list get going to that emotionally low place and then hear, hearing everything they appreciate about you takes you really really high it's actually a high jason it's you actually i oh. was in tears you know it's like i was in tears <laughs> yes, 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 yes yes i think anyone who's like when you have a fight as a couple yeah. and then that the 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 the, the, the point of reconciliation what reconciliation? reconciliation yeah after you've had the fight that moment, like you said, it's a high. Mm-hmm. It brings you way higher than you were when you guys were high before. Okay. And I would argue it brings you even closer together. Okay. Okay. If you get past the fight and everything gets resolved in a healthy mm. manner, it mm. makes you mm. stronger. It does. It does. And so I've been trying to practice this in all aspects of my life. Uh, yesterday, for instance, no, was it yesterday? No, the day before, Wednesday. Well, Wednesday for us, for you and I, not for the listeners. Still, okay, Wednesday for the listeners as well. Anyway, so I took yeah. my daughter to the hospital, mm-hmm. the clinic, because she has, like I said earlier, she has a cold. And when I went to the, to the I, after taking her to the hospital, I had to take her to the daycare center, to the daycare, to, uh-huh. because I had to go to work. Uh-huh. So when I go to the daycare, uh, the teachers were asking me about the, uh, what the doctor said and is there any medication that she got. So I was saying, yeah, she got, yeah, this is what the doctor said, she's fine, she just got some medication. They asked me, like, is there any medication that she needs to take during the day? And I was like, oh yeah, there's one medication that she has to take during the day. Uh-huh. And so one teacher, she said, she, I think she said in Japanese to another teacher that she can't, she she feels she she's unable to explain something to me. Maybe she was worrying about my Japanese level, right? Uh-huh. And I was in a hurry to leave because I had to go to work. Uh-huh. But I felt really angry about that. It's like, hey, this is my daughter. Why you don't have to wait for a mother to come and explain something serious to her. Just tell me. Uh. Right, so, but I just kept quiet and I, I left because I had to go to work. Uh. And yesterday morning when I went to school, I had to like pull that teacher aside and tell her like, "Hey, I didn't appreciate how we spoke yesterday. Um, this is my daughter. Whatever happens here concerning her, I am also responsible. I want to know what happened. Don't tell me that you can't explain because of Japanese. If there's something you feel I might not understand, we'll use Google Translate together. Yeah, you know. And it's like in the past, I think I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have pulled anyone aside. I would just let it go. Uh. But then it's like I let it go, then it becomes a resentment. Now I look at this teacher with a bad eye because, like, that woman spoke to me in such a bad way a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, or a few years ago. I don't like her. I, you know, how many times we do that? Sorry, I have to pause yeah. here for a second. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because I feel like so many people do that so much, and people yeah. don't even notice it, right? Yeah, yeah. Funny yeah. enough, like yesterday, um, Yesterday, for example, we were watching a YouTube video with my partner, right? And there was a character on screen, right? We are watching a series. And she was like, I just don't like him. And I'm just like, what do you mean you don't like him? I don't like what he wears. He has his three kids and he's divorced. And I'm just like, but you don't understand anything about him, you know? Like, this little information or little interaction you've seen from this person or you've seen the way they interact with other people. 
we formulate such strong ideas and conclusions from it and some of that leads to like what you said the resentment that you see exactly exactly and uh, oftentimes it's we haven't even given them a proper chance to really show who they really are right and uh, that's just one example right there's so many we we do it all the time right somebody might just give you a bad look in the train and because of the way the certain feeling that you have deep inside you'd be like f this person right yep why are you looking at me like that we've all felt it we've all felt that negativity before mm-hmm. and like what you're saying you have to look deep inside because this is something that you're experiencing the other person mm-hmm. might just this might just be their face yeah, exactly, their face exactly. just literally might be like that they might have that yeah. resting bitch face right as they call it mm-hmm. and they just look at you i don't even know how many times i've with our kids right there are mm-hmm. kids who look at me especially in like the older kids who look at me in class when mm-hmm. i'm teaching them and mm-hmm. i go like these people are not enjoying this lesson at all i feel yeah, in the yeah. back of my mind i feel bad and then sometimes i start getting angry a bit because you're feeling resentful you're like ah you know screw these kids you know stuff like that and then it always turns out like the teacher the japanese teacher will come back to him and be like oh yeah the kids last week they enjoyed your lesson what did you do and i'm just like always surprised by that have you ever gotten that oscar uh yes i, I with the older kids or like just any kids and you you look at them and they give you a certain face and you just draw your own conclusions and sometimes you can I get mean, resentful like, right with the old kids i will just assume they're really tired because they've come from club activity exactly exactly so it's like listen. because you're always trapped in your own mind you're not really thinking about what the other person is going through right mm-hmm. or what the other person is experiencing a lot of these mm. kids are just tired They've been to school. Some of them have gone to clubs. Now they're here learning English with some random foreigner. Exactly. They, don't, they don't know. They don't. They don't have the energy to even interpret half of what you're saying. So half of what you're saying <laughs> is literally nonsense. The other half yeah. is like kinda okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. And then going back to what you were saying. Sorry to pause the story. Uh, no, no. It's like just the, that was the point I was making. It's all about resentments. Like. You resent because you didn't tell the person what you were feeling at the moment, mm. right? Mm. And maybe like, actually, there's another another quote by Jordan Peterson, which he says that uh, if you have something to say and you keep silent, that is a lie. That's by Jordan Peterson. Ah, that's unfair because <laughs> there's so many moments where. You know for a fact that when you're interacting with somebody, you can't say any more. Because if you say any more, you risk like breaking the bridge. That is the relationship. Like sometimes you need to take it slowly. Not to say that. Okay, maybe that's different. Maybe he means like if you stay silent forever, right? You never mention maybe, it ever maybe. again. I'm maybe. pretty sure. In terms of revelation, in terms where like you guys are having a deep discussion, it's okay to take a break. Yeah. and to resume mm-hmm. the conversation at a later date mm-hmm. as long as you two are being honest about it i think it's okay yep, yep, yep. you know those moments where it's like oh this is too much i need to like go take a walk type thing you know you know, actually same thing going back to jordan peterson there's this one speech he was giving and he was talking about how in his practice as a psychiatrist as a psychiatrist i always confuse psychiatrist and psychologist psychologist yeah yeah anyway so in his oh no practice, which one because he's both a 
Father just answered in his practice in his practice uh-huh. he was saying that in all his in in all the time that he's been in practice he's never seen a person get away with anything even once you know and he was making the argument that when you when you tell a lie or do something wrong and you're like wow i got away with it i'm lucky you think you've gotten away with it but everyone who comes to his practice and they and they reveal whatever stress they have in their life and he says okay so what do you think caused this stress and they look at one thing like okay this was the prior cause okay not cause that okay there was this other thing that happened and what happened there what happened before that it was this thing and everything always leads back to that thing you thought you got away with you know and like it's like you so he was talking about bending reality like you can't bend reality without it eventually snapping back and those are the lies Jason the lies are when you try to bend reality it's almost like you've created a black hole you know how black holes yes. are strong enough to bend fucking lights lies and the, yeah space time right they literally yes, bend yes. space time and it's been yeah. theorized as you go closer to a black hole you'll see all kinds of strange phenomena time mm-hmm. from the universe will seem to stop and mm-hmm. all kinds of other theories of what happens when you get too close because of how powerful the gravitational pull of a black hole is mm-hmm. and literally nothing can escape from it mm-hmm. so, it's, so it's is our lies black holes that bend our space and time around it and they suck up everything they have the potential so I, to suck up everything around it if not, i don't know about i don't know how deep i can go with that analogy but what uh, what i know is this it's like when i tell one lie I always have to have another lie to support the first lie. You always you know do. I, mean? I, I yeah, yeah. You can't just have one lie. It's only like a bunch of I lies. I feel like you you lie in order to hide something, right? And yeah. that hiding something, you're hiding it from people. Yeah. The the one that you're hiding, the lies that you hide from yourself. Oh, that's also another thing. Oh, the lies that yeah. you hide from yourself. Okay. The things that you hide from yourself so you lie to yourself, right? Mm. mm. That's a whole different other thing, but when you hide it from, when you're trying to hide it from other people, you always have to tell multiple lies. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's not just one lie; it's a bunch of lies to a bunch of people. You know, it's like where were you last night? Uh, you know, I was with uh, I was with Jason. Hey, Jason, Jason. When my wife calls you, you have to tell her I was with you. you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then now, you know, it's like you're. Your girlfriend or your spouse hears you talk, talking to my wife. Is like you you went with him last night. Oh no, it's just because of, so now even you have to lie to, to defend your lie, to mm-hmm. defend Oscar's lie. You know? And then if you keep on doing that, suddenly it's a problem. It's like you're always going out to Jason. What's going on? And stuff like that. And then you're still like going like uh, you know we we have this hobby thing, this club. <laughs> <laughs> and before you know it, it's a whole it's a novella. You know, you've created yeah. a novella of lies. Yeah, yeah. Where you have your own fictional characters. You own. You have your own like events going on. You just exactly. formulated a story. Man, I, man, I've been there. Man, there was this one time I was telling. A, I told a lie to different people. It's like one. The story was supposed to be similar, right? Mm. Ah, because so we, we don't have much time. This. Yeah, yeah the last story. Yeah, the last story. So the lie. So the story I was I was creating was it was one story. But I told this story in different ways to different people, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually, these people, I think there were like five people, all cornered me at once. They all Oh, you've told the story before. Yeah, and it's like, I'm a, yeah, 
I'm at a vantage point whereby he's like, you know, it's like, but he, you told me this. Oh no, no, he told me this. <laughs> like, imagine how terrible I felt. Like, there's no running. There's nowhere to run. <laughs> I think that's the worst nightmare for yeah. anyone, for all of us who have told lies like that before yeah. to multiple people. That's the nightmare. Mm-hmm. I feel like with each sequential outing or each sequential saying of the lie the chances of you being found out increases substantially of course, of course, of course. and we just do it because of convenience it's the as Joker Willink once said there's two paths in life to almost everything there's the easy way out and there's the right way right way is often the hardest mm. often but not always right yeah yeah and the easy way, easy way is almost always the wrong way yeah or the, the the way that will ultimately come back and hurt you in some mm. way or mm-hmm. form mm. i think lying is just the easy way out for a lot of situations it's, the, yeah, it's always the easy way out we lie just to create that easy path for us instead of doing it the yeah. right way. Because the right way will yeah. take time and you, you're yeah. like, I F this, I want to go back home, I want to watch that movie, I want to do this, mm. X, Y, and Z. Ah, the wife is calling, she's annoying me, let me go drink yeah. out with the buddies, you know? Yeah. And just tell her I was working late, stuff like that. It's yep. the easy way out instead of just like, yeah. the right way would have been like, hey babe, you've been stressing me out lately and I feel like I need personal time. Yeah, I want to yeah. go hang out with my friends. That's a much harder conversation to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In some cases, depending on the relationship, that might be like the hardest conversation to have. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, yeah. And with that, I think we can end the episode. Oscar, what are your yeah. final thoughts? Try your best to be honest, or at least don't lie. Oh, okay. We're going full on Jordan Peterson. JBP. Yep. We're gonna re- rename the podcast now too. <laughs> yeah, the Jordan Peterson podcast. That's what yeah. gonna call it. <laughs> We're actually gonna do that as a April Fool's joke. I feel like we should do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just need to do a Jordan Peterson podcast. <laughs> and to me, success would be like if we get a mention from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he might be a guest one day. Yep. To have him as a guest would be like. Ah, uh, now we've, we've, we've passed Stratosphere, Jason. We're gods now. <laughs> I think he's number one on my list. You know, there's a question of like, if you could have one dinner with a celebrity, who would you, who'd be your top three picks? Jordan Peterson is number one at the moment. For me. Uh, for me. Celebrity uh, or commentator or anything like that. Yeah, Jordan Peterson is me too. Number two will have to be, who would it be? At some point it was Sam Harris, but I don't think I wanna. I haven't been following Sam Harris lately, so I'm not really sure. Neither have I. Neither have I. Joe Rogan is there too. Yeah, Joe Rogan is there too for me. Who else? Who else to meet? Who else? I can't think right now. Joe Rogan. Joko Willink, unfortunately, I don't think we'd be able to talk much about anything. It would mostly be me listening to him. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It wouldn't be a good That's that's a monologue, man. That's a monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about like a celebrity I feel like I can actually have a conversation with, you know? I actually can't think of anyone right now. That's weird. I, I had a bunch of people. I think because I put you on the spot. You can come back to me another time. Or we can visit this yeah. in another episode. But definitely Joe Peterson and Joe Rogan, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like you can ask them a lot of things. Oh, Duncan Trussell. Duncan Trussell. Oh, I would love to get high with him. Yeah. Getting high with him and then just talking about the nature of the universe and nature of being Oscar. <laughs> yeah, <man>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it would be wonderful. So these are things we need to make happen in the podcast, Oscar. Yeah, and the viewers will find it first here. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, as usual. Thank you so much, listeners. We appreciate you. Thank you for another week, another podcast. And thank you as well, Jason. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you for making this happen. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you, Peter. For the yep. wonderful posts i've been tagged quite a lot lately that's always nice yeah. to see yep and keep up the good work and thank you all for listening and as thank usual you so thank much. you oscar thank you jason bye bye people bye bye oscar hey you what time is it you look pretty bored just done with one episode and the bus or train isn't where it's supposed to be yet here's an idea open your browser type in dreamsxtrash.com and free yourself from the clothes of boredom up on that beautifully titillating website you will find everything you need regarding dreamsxtrash our instagram our facebook our YouTube, our LinkedIn, our Twitter. More and more content to free you from the clutches of boredom. Go ahead, type it in. Go for a ride. Jason has some really interesting th- things up for you on YouTube. Check it out. You'll thank me later. <laughs>